The views and opinions expressed by the guests on the following program do not necessarily represent those of Mark Radio, The Shepherd, or its advertisers. From the studios of The Shepherd Radio Network, it's Afternoons with Mike. This next hour is all about our walk with Jesus with local pastors, newsmakers, people who are making a difference for the gospel. Now, here is your host, Mike Gilland. Hey, friends, and welcome to my program today, Afternoons with Mike. On the phone line today with a guy who is from the Canterbury Center. Uh, We often talk about the Canterbury Retreat in uh, the eastern part of the Orlando area, it is a beautiful place. Uh, I just love going out there. It's very peaceful. On the line with me today is Arnold Soliman, and you are uh, the assistant director out there, uh, the assistant manager. Great to have you with us today, Arnold. Thanks for being on the program. Well, thanks for having me, Mike. Now, you're kind of like a long-term Central Floridian, correct? I actually raised my kids in South Florida and uh, left uh, for a little bit, uh, went to Colorado, and just came back in 2019. So I'm glad to be back in Florida. All right. I knew you had a history in Florida, but it was more South Florida. Yes. Uh, so uh, right after Hurricane Andrew, the uh, organization <laughs> oh. I was working for recruited oh. me to come down and uh, and rebuild and uh, stayed there until uh, 2005. Now, that was just a little storm that just happened right down there, right? Oh, <laughs> oh my goodness. And if you're from South Florida, everybody knows the name Andrew. Oh, my goodness, they do. And uh, my heart still goes out to uh, all those that lost so much, but it, it was a devastating storm. And for people who might have moved into Florida, uh, and, you know, we just uh, today, uh, uh, we're recording this, on June the 1st, and today's the first day of hurricane season. So there's a lot of attention already going now to getting prepared for these storms. I don't think anybody could have ever imagined, though, being ready for, for Andrew. It was a big one, wasn't it? Yes, it was, uh, it was the one that everybody was talking about prior to Katrina. And what's even more interesting, not that we're in a topic of uh, hurricanes, Katrina also went through South Florida before hitting Louisiana. That's right. It it uh, kind of brushed its way through as it moved up the Gulf. And uh, right. another massive impacting storm was Katrina, <laughs> and it, it just changed so much. And, you know, yeah, that's when that's when we decided, I guess it's time to move. So you went from there to Colorado. Now, what were you doing out in Colorado? Uh, you know, uh, I actually started out uh, with moving to Louisville, Kentucky. Uh, I worked as a VP of business development for a media company uh, with six websites, a couple of magazines, uh trade show in Vegas and also in, um, uh, in Orlando. Uh, and in 2010, my daughter... Uh, had a baby in Colorado. So we started visiting Colorado in 2010 and officially just moved to Colorado in 2012. So uh, I I really, really enjoyed uh, that type of environment, Uh, the dry heat uh, and the mountains are just gorgeous. It's really hard for me to use heat in the same way uh, when you think of Colorado, because even in June, July, uh, it's not hot there compared to what it's like in Orlando. So it, it is definitely beautiful, though. And uh, we had some friends of ours that's just moved there uh, to um, the south of Denver. Um, I'm forgetting the name of the city. I should remember it. But it is um, it, it's in Colorado, and they've been dealing with a big snowstorm just uh, last week. It's hard it to is, imagine that. Uh, it is not unusual to have a snowstorm uh, in the month of May in Colorado. For yeah, sure. yeah, it's crazy. <laughs> so I mean, you you can't even uh, begin to talk about the the level of difference between South Florida weather that you had there. Now you moved up to. 
and you said it correctly, Louisville. You moved to Louisville, Kentucky. If if you're not from there, you might pronounce it Louisville, but it's actually Louisville. If you're a local, that's how they would say it. And uh, and then from there on out to Colorado, and now back again. Man, you've been crisscrossing for a while. Uh, yes, yes, I tell you, uh, Florida has always called me, uh, and and it, I always felt that Florida is my home. I love the people, the diversity, the cultural differences, and how we all kind of get together anyway, and and you know be be Floridians. It's amazing. Now you said you raised your kids in South Florida. Is that where you grew up yourself? No, I grew up in uh, Chicago, Illinois. Uh, oh, and wow. Because uh, my wife uh, is um, is Anglo, and I'm Filipino. I did not want to go to a place where my kids will uh, will be different. So we decided to move to South Florida, which is a perfect call mm-hmm. uh, the company was looking for someone to turn that uh, uh, to 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 rebuild after the hurricane so uh, it was perfect because my kids grew up in such a diverse environment they would have and so many uh, in South Florida especially so many different uh, nationalities are down there now. It is really hard to imagine. At some point, it doesn't even really feel for those that would be from the South. It 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 really doesn't feel at times like it's part of the U.S., but it is. <laughs> it's wonderful. <laughs> it is. Don't worry, friends. It is. It's awesome. And I've got many friends from Miami, and I love it down there. And it is just great. Uh, so you came back a couple of years ago, and you said in 19. So you arrived in Central Florida about the same time we did. We moved back in October of 19 from Gainesville. We were living up there for 17 years. So uh, you've been back a couple of years now. And did you come back to work at Canterbury? Well, what it what it was is I found the um, the hospitality industry uh, around 2015, 2014, and I started managing hotels in Colorado. Uh, and after my second hotel, it was purchased or started being run by an organization that manages 200 hotels. And so I quickly raised to the ranks of an area manager managing five hotels. Mm. So I had two hotels at a ski resort, resort area called Steamboat Springs and also one uh, hotel, 200-room hotel conference center in Estes Park, which is at the foot of the Rocky Mountain National Forest. I've been there. Uh, oh, yes. it's beautiful. Yes, and also a couple of hotels in uh, in Denver. So I would travel around the different uh, uh, hotels, uh, helping the GMs manage their property, and also um, managing the sales aspect uh, uh, and revenue management of the hotel. So because I practically lived in the hotels, uh, my, when my wife and I were deciding to leave Castle Rock, Colorado, because it's just getting way too expensive, I decided to just move to Florida. And so for about a few months there, I would, I would work out of my home in Florida and then work in the hotels in Colorado. Oh, doing it virtually then? Yeah, uh, because that's what I was doing there anyway. I was not living at the house where we were in. I was living off at the hotels. So, I, you know, what's the difference? I can just live in Florida two weeks out of the year. Why not? Uh, two weeks out of the month. Uh, so um, I um, – and then one day I um, received a call that the organization I was working for is going out of business. Oh. So I found myself yeah. unemployed. And um, and so as I'm looking through the uh, the ads, I started interviewing for hotel general managers. And I actually uh, accepted a position as a general manager for a local hotel in Cape Canaveral. Uh, that's when I found Canterbury in a funny way. I 
I was about to turn off Indeed, uh, my my uh, account on Indeed, and look one last time and mm-hmm. what's available. And I found a uh, sales and marketing director for a conference center that is faith-based, which I've never heard of, a faith-based organization. And uh, so I looked into the website. I saw the challenges or the, the type of market it is, and I got really intrigued. And so I connected with the direct, uh, executive director. Uh, we spoke the same day, and I took the job the very next day. Oh, that's awesome. Having been out there, it is it is gorgeous. So did you take a trip before you uh, actually accepted the job? Did you take a trip there? Uh, well, the first thing I did was drove into the property, uh, looked around, and uh, saw um, how beautiful it was and what type of property it was. Yeah, it's gorgeous. Before making that phone call to the executive director. Uh, and we had about a two-hour conversation the next day. He he uh, explained to me how the property has been run by clergy, uh, which a lot of uh, faith-based uh, conference and retreat centers are run by priests and clergy. Uh, and he, my executive director, comes from uh, the hospitality in- industry. He was a mm-hmm. VP in the corporate end of things. And so we had a lot to share. And so uh, he made the decision of bringing in a uh, uh, director of sales and marketing outside of um, of uh, a faith-based organization. And that's how I came in. And so we brought a lot of the, um, the strategies uh, and the skill sets uh, to, to run a, a a secular or uh, a regular hotel or resort. And uh, so we brought that to Canterbury, which has changed uh, the direction as the property has gone. Now, how has uh, your work in this whole business, either at Canterbury or before, while you were living in Florida, but yet um, still involved with Colorado, how did the pandemic impact what you were doing? You know, I'm glad that you brought that up. Uh, what's interesting is that um, a lot of the co- the conference centers actually shut down uh, during the pandemic, uh, uh, the, the, in the middle of it, like starting in March of 2020. And a lot of them didn't reopen until 2021. Uh, we have decided uh, while things were slow, uh, to do a uh, a remodel at the at the property, so we remodeled all of our hotel rooms. Mm-hmm. We remodeled uh, most of our meeting spaces uh, and our main building, uh, the reception area, the lobby area, a complete remodel, uh, and uh, so that gave us an opportunity uh, because we were slow, and we also decided that we're going to stay open and we're going to be providing service to those that still want to meet in person. Uh, of course, obviously we followed uh, COVID protocol, the social distancing, yeah, right. uh, having the chair six feet apart, uh, you know, setting up zoom meetings, uh, you know, that type of thing. So, and we successfully did that. So while other facilities are closed, we remained open. Uh, in fact, um, uh, the Chris, the local uh, Central Florida Christian Chamber of Commerce, uh, just had a new president at the time. Yes, they did. And she, and she walked, Crystal walked right into the pandemic. Uh, so that's really challenging uh, for an organization, especially a, a chamber not to have any networking, right? Yeah, so, and it's so true. So I, I decided uh, to to connect with uh, the chamber and provide a location, us 
to host networking events for the chamber. And we never stopped. Oh, my goodness. I know that uh, they not only held a lot of their meetings there, their uh, we, their monthly meetings, but they also had you guys uh, be the host site for their first expo that happened uh, last year. And that was very successful. A lot of people came, uh, uh, stayed there on the beautiful grounds of the Canterbury Center and, uh, and really enjoyed it. I, I think people who um, continue to meet during the pandemic year, I mean, I pray that we never have to go through anything like 2020 again. But I'm so grateful that there were places like Canterbury that even in 2020, you guys stayed open, you stayed with the flow, you did what you needed to do, you survived, and I'm grateful you did. Thank you for that. We, um, we know, we owe it all, of course, to the Lord that provided us the capability. Uh, you know, we had challenges with staffing, obviously. Uh, we still have challenges with staffing today, uh, but anytime, it's always when we do not expect uh, it is when we get that help from the Lord. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, can, I, I cannot give you one example. It just continues to happen to today. But it's really great to hear how people can rely on the Lord and in the middle of a pandemic really excel in not only the whole thing of uh, hospitality and and uh, welcoming people in as you guys do all the time, but uh, you actually uh, thrived and began to grow. And uh, I know the groups like the Chamber, they were a big help to that. And now we're kind of past all of that. And so things are opening back up. You guys do more than just uh, corporate retreats out there, right? Or church retreats. You do individual retreats as well, right? Absolutely. So we host several types of events from a small group of 10 to 70 people. Um, and they usually is a week-long, a week week long, weekend-long event, Friday to Sunday. Uh, and we have some training sessions that's a week long. And it's a combination of for-profit, non-profit, and religious organizations uh, that come to us. Uh, and the beauty about our property is that the rooms, uh, when we set it up, the room rates include meals. So you don't have to worry about setting up when you're going to be uh eating and where you're going to be eating. So a check-in, everyone gets dinner, a check-out to everyone gets breakfast. And that's what Canterbury is really known for, is our meals are home-cooked. Uh. So unlike other properties or con- conference centers, and I know from experience, when the pork chops come out, they all look the same size and they all look beautiful, <laughs> or the meatloaf all look the same and they all look beautiful. You're making That's me hungry, the, Arnold. You're making yeah. me hungry. <laughs> the reason for that is a lot of that is already pre-cooked and just reheated, which is perfectly fine. Uh, you know, I've been a fan of that for a while. At Canterbury, everything is pre is homemade. Yes. So, so the the meatloaf are never the same sizes and the pork chops are all different sizes oh, that's and, great and that type of thing so people really enjoy our meal so when you come to canterbury we make it affordable and also um uh you know you you feel as if you're 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 at you know grandma's house for that home-cooked meal We're up against a break. We'll be back with our guest today, Arnold Soliman from Canterbury. Don't go away. We'll be right back. This is Afternoons with Mike. On the line with me today is Arnold Soliman from the beautiful Retreat Center. We've talked about it a lot. You hear it on commercials here on The Shepherd. It's the Canterbury Retreat Center. Arnold, you said something in the first segment that I'd love for you to jump back. One of the things that caught your eye 
and uh, really kind of piqued your interest in this was that when you were reading about this job opening that was uh, and you were looking for some some job in hospitality, you said it was a faith based job. Uh, tell me why that spoke so strongly to you. Thank you for allowing me to share this with you. So it all actually stems back to my trail running days in Colorado. Um, I found trail running uh, in 2010 and to the point where I was doing half marathons, uh, mountain runs. And so it's not unusual that I'm out in the mountains in trails for two hours a day. And as I'm running through the trails, I see all this beautiful scenery and and views, and I find myself praying to God and asking questions directly. And uh, I found myself uh, being present with the Lord out in the in the mountains. And but when I come down from there and I start managing the hotels, I I just kind of forget about it. So mm. as as I prayed to, you know, when the, the company I was working for went out of business and I prayed for guidance, when I saw the ad for a faith-based organization, I thought, that's how God is talking to me right now. He's telling me, this is a direction that I've prepared you for. You know, I, I've, I've managed different properties, different types of properties, and uh, he's prepared me for conferences and, and, and booking uh, groups. Uh, and, and that this is a way for me to serve the Lord uh, in a way that I've never imagined. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, we've always, we've, I've raised my kids uh, in, a, in a church environment. We, we were active during summer breaks for vacation Bible schools and things like that. Uh, But once we left the church environment, usually I was not aggressive into spreading the the Lord's words. And so um, this gave me that opportunity uh, to serve, and it's really been life-changing. It's a beautiful thing to see the Lord really get a hold of a, a, a business like what he's done with you. And that becomes not only your vocation, but also your avocation of uh, being able to take the gospel and kind of live it out in front of people, but also to share about the Lord to the people that you serve. And it, that's a wonderful freedom that you have. And I know uh, you must really be enjoying that. I I am. I, I hear a lot of stories about how Canterbury Conference Center has changed their lives uh, in a way that's unique. Um, our bishop, Bishop Brewer of the Episcopal Church, has mentioned in one of his speeches that really caught uh, me, and he said that uh, when Canterbury opened up to the public in 1981, um, they didn't really know what to expect, but what they did know is that the grounds are blessed, the chairs are blessed, the food are blessed, and the people serving the people are blessed. Oh, I love so it. So in our small way, people walk out of Canterbury blessed. That would be Greg Brewer, right? Yes. Yeah, he's Thank a you. great guy, great leader. Oh, that's so wonderful that you are there. And uh, th- tell me the favorite thing that you have about uh, now that you're on that beautiful property. And I know there's a lot going on there uh, with nature, with the lake that it's right on. Uh, but what is your favorite thing about Canterbury? Well, I already shared with you that I'm a trail runner. Oh, yeah, I'm that's right. And so uh, there's a Six city block trail around the lake uh, that starts out uh, about four feet wide, and you can get you can get as wide as twelve feet, and it's a perfect spot to just hike through, to spend some time in nature, 
uh, walk around the lake. Uh, we purposely place the stations that are across uh, there for the folks that know how to pray with the stations that are across. But we also have calisthenic areas where you can do sit-ups, pull-ups, chin-ups uh, all around that lake. So it can be a nice exercise area. And there's a lot of benches as well where you can sit down, just listen to the birds and and take in the 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 sounds of the wind going through the leaves that type of thing it is just gorgeous oh it's and it's so you, great yeah and then you can end it with a with a nice kayak ride or a canoe ride in our lake which all the folks that uh, stay with us have an opportunity to do uh by the way uh it's a it's a great way to mention also that if one if one person or if a person needs some personal time, uh, we do provide a sabbatical uh, where you can book one room and, and stay with us. And the, the, the nice thing about Canterbury Hotel Rooms is that it does not have a television or, or telephones in them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it kind of forces you to get out. You kind uh, of unplug. Our, yes, to unplug. And you see people just sitting around, uh, you know, different benches, uh, journaling or reading the Bible or just simply meditating. It's, it's a fantastic place for that. And it is so beautiful out there. And if anyone has never gone, uh, describe where it is. So we are located in Oviedo, Florida, which is in the northeast side of Orlando. We're about 30 miles north of the airport uh, off of 417. It, we're five miles north of the main University of Central Florida uh, campus. Mm-hmm. So we're right in the middle of the city, and we're 48 acres of, of, of it. So once you go into our campus, you drive in about a quarter of a mile into the 48 acres, and you feel like you're in a wood. It really is nice. It's secluded, and it is peaceful. And I love what you said about the fact that you don't have uh, a television or phones in the room. And I know a lot of people would be taking their cell phones in, but it really is good, isn't it, at times to unplug from the the busy stuff that's going on and really kind of recenter oneself. And that's what can happen at Canterbury. It's a gorgeous area. Again, you've already mentioned the food isn't great. And all of the rooms are recently renovated, updated, and the meeting spaces are really nice as well, aren't they? Yes, they are. And uh, what I brought into the organization is we run it just like a hotel. So if uh, you're staying with us at the at the rooms. You get daily housekeeping service. We use the proper chemicals and cleaning the property, uh, so it smells great. It's clean. The beds are comfortable. You get house service. You get meals. It's how can you go wrong? Oh, it's beautiful. Well, we thank you so much for being with us on the program here today, and. Uh, give us the website, if you will, for how people can kind of check out Canterbury online. Yes, thank you very much. You can find us at canterburyretreat.org. Canterbury Retreat, and that's spelled Canter, C-A-N-T-E-R-B-U-R-Y, canterburyretreat.org. My guest today, Arnold Soliman, thank you for being with me. Thank you for having me. Now we're going to switch on the line to another call, and this is with Andy Searles, my friend from Church Together in the Castleberry area. Andy is also a board member with the Better Man event. We're going to be talking about that as well as the current series that Andy is teaching his church through, which I think is wonderful. Welcome back, Andy. Mike, it's great to chat with you again. It's always a pleasure, always a privilege. Um, You know, I've been listening to some of your guests recently, and I feel very uh, underqualified uh, 
you you've uh, you've been having a run of smart people and i think i'm about to end that run oh no <laughs> that would not be true my smart people run is safe and secure for yet another day and i'm <laughs> i'm really grateful to have you here my friend now i have to open up by saying i recently saw that you posted on facebook uh, a rough night with one of the teams for which you love and follow uh the, the soccer team in orlando and you also have been doing some stuff with the lady uh, soccer players as well as a chaplain. So tell me a little bit about that. What's going on? Yeah, Mike, as we've spoken about uh, before, uh, one of the um, projects that I'm involved in is to offer some chaplaincy support for Orlando City Soccer, uh, a major league soccer team, and occasionally uh, when a, a female chaplain is away, I'll uh, slide in and offer some help there as well. But uh, the other day I was invited to do a little chapel service for the ladies before their game. And uh, I love that opportunity to meet new people and to speak into the lives of athletes, especially because so often in sports, just by the nature and the competitive context of what that does, people are treated like commodities you know you're only as good as your last game or your last kick or your last training session and i think one of the things that's very dear to me is this profound truth that we get from scripture that no person is a commodity everyone is made in the image of god everybody is deeply loved by god and uh it was a real privilege to to share that in a context where people are often treated as commodities. Now that's a great point. And I don't think a lot of us re- remember the fact that these people that we follow in sports, I know you love soccer and you played soccer. That's something I never did. I did coach my son's soccer well, team. And, and when we say played, that's uh, <laughs> you know, the very, very loose definition of the word. Right? Well, uh, nevertheless, you know more about it. You've forgotten more about it than I'll ever know. But, uh, that, but well, there's real... still time. There's still time for you to start supporting a real sport, Mike. I mean, oh, my goodness. You know, no one's beyond redemption when it comes to that. <laughs> All right, I'll have to keep that in mind. But <laughs> but I know you're also involved with the Better Man event, and this is such a fun thing. The Better Man event has evolved a lot from its early days. It began, as I recall, with um, a very small uh, group of men in a Bible study, and from that it has grown to truly, I think it's easy to say this and mean it, international status now. And you have, <laughs> listen, you have viewers and listeners from all over the country that take part in the Better Man movement. So what's happening with that? Uh, yes, as you said, it has been an accelerated journey. It was, uh, I think, 2004 when the movement started with just 48 guys as of last year. Um, conservatively we were able to speak to and influence uh, just south of 300,000 guys in 60 <laughs> countries six continents and just just crazy we're really trying to play catch up to steward well this opportunity that God has given us but this year um, we're looking to grow it a little bit further if, if the Lord would allow but our goal though isn't to get big in terms of size our goal is to get deep in terms of scope in men's lives yeah Um, so many of the challenges that our society faces are because men uh, aren't loving well aren't serving well aren't leading well and are kind of fumbling all kinds of important responsibilities and i don't say that judgmentally i say that as someone who fumbles a lot as well and so a better man we just want to say hey wherever you are there's an opportunity to take a step forward and become a little better and we believe that that starts and ends and continues in a relationship with with jesus christ so oh, i love it theme this year is step up um and uh, we're just working on some final contracts with our speakers and uh, things are coming together for a great event on Saturday, September 23rd, that will be live here in Orlando at First Baptist Church. And then a couple of weeks later, we're actually going to have a global release date, uh, which we have learned will be better for those in different time zones and those who speak different languages. Mm. 
Well, last year I was not able to be there in person due to a conflict in my calendar. I was actually out of the state uh, during that night, but I am really looking forward to trying to connect again and be there. It's a lot of fun to be at that event, but you know, I go back to uh, what happened a couple of years ago when you guys kind of took over the a stadium at UCF, and there there were so many people, or I, I, I guess at that, uh, was that the Indoor Basketball Center? I guess it was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. Uh, I think it's called Editions Arena now. Yes, yeah. Well, and in fact, a uh, little news story, one of our guests was Mackenzie Milton, and uh, on our stage, we were able to um, reunite and reconcile him with the guy who broke his leg, which kind of in many ways derailed his career and you will have seen that very recently uh he announced his retirement from from football as oh, well that's so sad uh, yeah because he was a great a great talent he, he he was and not just in in the way that he played i mean obviously he had a big big future before his injury um but what impressed me about him was his character and his integrity yeah, yeah. um and and his humility as well because as we talked about a moment ago in the um in the pro sports world where you're treated as a commodity, um, you know, you kind of have to sell yourself and it's very easy for pride to become part of that uh, selling yourself. So mm-hmm. to see a man like him with great talent, but great humility, um, what, what a, what, what an inspiration in every sense of the word. It certainly is. Well, give us the day. We've got just a moment before a break. Give us the date again for that upcoming event for the better man event. Absolutely. It is September 23rd, 2022 at First Baptist Orlando. If folks want to go to our website uh, at betterman365.com, they can register and sign up to stay up to date with us because very soon we'll be announcing uh, our speaker lineup, which I think is gonna gonna blow a lot of people away. Oh, I'm excited! Yeah, Denzel Washington uh, was your guest last year, and that was pretty great. All right, I've got Andy on the phone. Andy Searles from Church Together. I'll be back with Andy in a moment for our last segment, talking about some really, I believe, very important things from the Word of God that we all need and can apply to our lives. Uh, hang around; we'll be right back. On the line with my good friend, Andy Searles. It's so great to get to do life with guys like Andy. Andy leads church together in Castleberry. Uh, We don't go to the same fellowship, but boy, do we have fellowship. And our churches love each other as well. And Andy's, as you've already heard, he's very involved in the community in a number of ways through uh, his work as a chaplain, through the Better Man event, and and just through the myriad of relationships that Andy has. And, uh, you know, speaking of, of that, your relationship there at the church to the Word of God is something that I love to follow. We're friends on uh, social media, so I get to keep up with what you're doing in your church, and you're taking the church through uh, what I think is a very helpful uh, teaching right now, not only for your local congregation, but I wanted to expand your pulpit today, brother, and let you uh, share with what you're teaching on right now. Yeah, so um, I, I've uh, been friends with uh, uh, some of the leaders in the health department in Seminole County who've led us through this COVID pandemic uh, in some very, very tough times with great thoughtfulness and grace, and I'm very grateful. And a couple of months ago, I ran into um, a friend of mine who works there and said, hey, you know, what's 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 next? Right. Because that's been the story of COVID. There's always something next. And their response was that the next crisis that's coming in the healthcare system is possibly not a virus, but it's this mental health issue Mm -hmm. just getting bigger we're seeing some of the dramatic expressions of that in the shootings and crime and suicide rates increasing, which is absolutely tragic. But mental health after, uh, you know, months of isolation, months of 
uh, wearing masks where we couldn't kind of um, communicate with our body language as well and those kind of things is increasingly becoming a bigger issue. And, um, you know, while I believe strongly in the work of professional counselors and therapists and mental health professionals, I think that addressing this mental health crisis is the responsibility of all of us. And certainly the church has a voice in that. The question, in fact, a little part of my secret sauce, Mike, when I'm planning a sermon series, one of the questions I ask is, what is love requiring of us as Christians in this day, in this time? And as I asked that question and considered the um, mental health struggle out there, the question that I came up with was, what does Scripture and what does God and his word have to say about mental health? Now, I'm not one of those people who says, hey, you read a verse of the Bible and everything will be okay. I think this is a big situation that's going to require a lot of inputs from lots of different sources. But one of those sources has to be the church of Jesus Christ, because God knows our hearts and he knows our mind like none other. And the church, almost by God's definition, is a relational organism and relationships, I believe healthy relationships, strong relationships, relationships through which care and compassion can be communicated is going to be one of the secret weapons in addressing some of the mental health issues. Mm -hmm. You know, so many people, I, I believe, are still confused about mental health and even the definition of it. And, and I know for a long time, I must confess that I kind of grouped uh, what was being talked about as a mental health issue with mental illness, and mm -hmm. that uh, it's not to say that there aren't mental health issues that that are in that category, but there are a lot of what people deal with, a lot of things in their lives, are really not issues of mental illness. It is the current state of their mind. It is the current state of their their psyche or their heart or however ever you want to express that, but th they may just be going through a time of blueness, a time of depression, and that mm -hmm. can be caused from a number of things that are going on. And you so wisely uh, ad uh, mentioned and kind of addressed the impact of COVID. We heard from a lot of professionals during the early outbreak of, uh, of that uh, pandemic that it was going to have a massive effect on young people, especially because of the, the masks and not even being able for a child to see their parents' faces as much. Uh, that is going to cause problems and has caused problems. So this, this definition has got to be really understood as a pervasive problem in our culture. It's big. It, it, it is. I mean, I think Scripture is very clear that we're made for relationships. Uh, and again, I, you know, there are lots of different personalities that manage relationships different. But I think part of this mental health crisis that we're facing is due to um, separation and isolation and those kind of things. And, and therefore, if isolation is part of the problem, then relationship is part of the solution. And I think the church is uh, well positioned to lean into that if we can have some healthy expressions of church. And I think certainly scripture has a lot to say about that as well. Mm -hmm. So your current series, it's touching on this issue of mental health and how we as believers then can really respond to the word of God and find help from there. And I, I, I believe that's, that should be, as a believer, that should be our first stop. Not, not necessarily calling the doctor, not necessarily calling a specialist, but, but the true specialist that we can really draw from is the Lord in this, right? Yeah, I think so. And, and I certainly appreciate and utilize and advocate, advocate for the um, professional services that are available with mental health. This is such a prevailing problem that it's going to take many, many disciplines mm -hmm. I just would love for the church to be in that conversation as a part of it because of what we uniquely bring, both as God, as a healer, 
Um, also, scripture is a time-tested um, uh, book of wisdom um, as, as well. So, so my hope is that the church can be part of this conversation. Uh, and Mike, you, you know, you've been a student of scripture for a long time, that there are different seasons of life when we read scripture through different lenses. And it's remarkable, those different lenses through which we read scripture, that scripture speaks to, right? So if I'm looking mm -hmm. at scripture through a missional lens, there's some powerful truth about mission, right? If I'm looking at scripture through a lens of how do I love people better, right? It just screams and speaks so loudly to that. As I've been looking at scripture over the last few weeks for this series about what does scripture say about mental health, I'm realizing that there is a whole um, body of thought, worldview, paradigm that God says about the state of our mind and some things that we can do to, to stay healthy, to stay thoughtful, to give ourselves rest, to replenish, to restore, um, those kind of things as well. So I, I'm, I'm grateful that as God gave us his scriptures, um, he didn't just give us a, a, a kind of one and done book. Mm -hmm. It really is a living document that speaks to more um, contexts and situations than we could ever imagine, including some of the mental health issues that many of us face. So in your study, how are you applying the word in your uh, Sunday messages? Sure. So each week I've been looking at different passages that Scripture talks to us about about the state of our minds and so over the past few weeks i've been looking at um you know old testament new testament uh words of jesus words of the uh apostles some of the pastoral letters about what god says about our mind and it, it's it's fascinating scripture advocates for a safe mind where we control what thoughts we let in and out. Paul speaks a lot about that in Philippians 4. Mm -hmm. That's the promise from the prophet Isaiah that said um, we can live with a peace-filled mind. Our minds don't need to live in a thousand different distracted directions because God wants to give us his peace. Um, a favorite passage of yours and mine is Romans chapter 8. I love uh, that. Other things, Paul is answering the question, what does it look like to have a well-formed mind? Um, you know, I'm talking about a, a sober mind. Uh, what does a healthy mind look like? What does a confident mind look like? And what's interesting is I've been looking at these scriptures and putting these um, solutions in place. I find, again, that the solutions of God match the needs and the questions of our world. Mm -hmm. The solutions of God are enough. <laughs> That's the way we can say it. He has yeah. a solution that is sufficient. And, you know, it is so beautiful when you think about uh, that mind that you're talking about, the well-formed mind. That, that is not to imply that our minds are going to be perfect in this world or that our actions are always going to be stellar and that we're not going to be tainted in any way from bad decisions. It just means that we're, we're still human and that we're imperfect, but that we can grow and that we, that's what the heart and essence of sanctification really is. It's becoming more like the Lord. That's why I love the name of the better man event. It's not saying that you have to be the best man or the perfect man. It's just that God's will is going to help us this side of heaven to become better, to become more mature and less, uh, less infantile in the way that we approach things. So that, that well-formed mind is never going to be perfect, right? Yeah. I mean, and we look at that Romans chapter eight, passage, Mike, and the first thing that Paul writes is, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, exactly. right? Yeah. He doesn't say there's no consequences for the mistakes that we make, because there is, right? He doesn't say everything's going to be plain sailing if we follow Jesus, because it's not. He just says that ultimately, because 
what Jesus has done and won, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Mm -hmm. And I think as Christians, we need to let that truth form our minds because the reality is there are a lot of people who believe in Christ who are walking around with some lies from the enemy that condemn them, right? Mm -hmm. I'm not good enough. Uh, I'm not them. Uh, I'm a loser, you know, whatever it looks like. And we condemn ourselves. And to condemn ourselves when Christ has set us free is not a healthy mindset. It's not a healthy paradigm or worldview. And so, so, so you're right. Every page we turn in Scripture offers a solution to the needs of our, our world and our society. And, and again, I just want to say I'm not one of these people who is, um, you know, hey, just trust God and that's all you need. I believe that's true ultimately, but I think God gives us mental health professionals and psychiatrists and uh, support groups and those kind of things to, to utilize and use to, to, to shape us. But the underpinning of a lot of that is, is the word and the truth that we read in Scripture. Oh, and it's uh, it's a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. I've always loved the words from uh, the prophet Jeremiah. Thy words were found, and I ate them. Your mm-hmm. word became for me a joy and the, the delight of my heart. That's what the word of God does, right? It's it? certainly a uh, substantial and sustainable meal for sure. <laughs> it certainly is. We've got just enough time. Give us the, the web address one more time for the Better Man event and then also for Church Together in Castleberry. You bet. So Better Man event is betterman365.com. Uh, go check us out there. Uh, the church website is www.ourchurchtogether.com. That's ourchurchtogether.com. And Mike, if I can, I just... Um, just want to acknowledge that this issue, these issues of mental health are prevalent and they're difficult and they reach all sections of our society. If our listeners are struggling, please find some help. Please yes. realize yes. that you don't need to go through this alone. Reach out to your pastor, reach out to a professional um, reach out to to us at the station, right? And we will connect you with the right kind of help. This is a real difficult, costly, painful issue. One that we need to support each other through. So if you're struggling today, please reach out. That's beautiful. A wonderful way to end. My guest there, Andy Searles from Church Together. And friends, we'll see you next time right here on Afternoons with Mike. 